Over the last seven years, I have tried every kind of marketing you can possibly imagine for my business. And I have determined over that time that direct mail has been by far the most profitable marketing channel I have ever tried. And I've spent over a million dollars just testing it out figuring out what works and figuring out what doesn't. And through that time, I've been able to generate over 100 deals per year in my business using direct mail. And now I've created a very small but very powerful mini course on how I utilize direct mail in my business. It explains everything I do from A to Z, and I've made this available to you absolutely free. That's right, no charge, no obligations, just go to my website, mikesimmons.com forward slash winning direct mail. mikesimmons.com forward slash winning direct mail to find out how you can implement my system in your business and start generating more leads through direct mail. Go check it out. It's absolutely free. I can't wait for you to try it. The reality is you can spend a million dollars a month on pay-per-click on Google if you want to. Yeah. If you tried to spend that much on SEO, it would be a waste of money. You'd just be spinning your wheels. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. All right. Thank you for joining me on Just Our Real Estate. I appreciate you being here. If you're new to the show, welcome. I am so excited to have you here and I hope you're excited to be here. If you are a returning listener, thank you, thank you, thank you as well. I so much appreciate it. And uh, if whether you're new or returning, if you could do me a favor right now, stop the podcast go to wherever you're listening to this and subscribe. I used to ask for rating and reviews. And if you give me a rating and review, that is amazing. And I'm so appreciative and I would love that. But I realize it's a thing. You have to go and think about what you're going to say. And it's like, I don't know what to say. What do other people say? Well, that sounds good. But now I can't say that because they already said it, blah, 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 right? But if you just hit subscribe, just click that little subscribe button. Just do it. It's super fast, super easy. I will be brought to you every week. We do this on Mondays and Thursdays, and you will get a new episode. And I promise you, I will give you 110% every single time. You just have to subscribe. That would be so helpful for me. It's immeasurable, and I would really appreciate it. Thank you so much if you do that. Guys, I have a fun one for you today. I'm talking to a digital marketer. I'm talking to someone who does paid ads and SEO as a business. It is his company's goal to help us find motivated sellers. He started a digital marketing company as a sophomore in college and never looked back. Uh, it is called the Bateman Collective, and he's now the premier digital marketing company for wholesalers across the country. His company handles all digital marketing from SEO to PPC to Facebook, Instagram ads, as well as designing and creating content for all of those platforms. He's helping target motivated sellers in 90 markets across the US, Canada, and Australia. He's been featured on featured on many, many podcasts, uh, and he is just an all-around expert in the area. So you guys should pay close attention to what he has to say and perhaps consider reaching out to him for help for your digital marketing and paid marketing and SEO needs in your business. Guys, I give you the one and only Brandon Bateman. All right, Brandon, thank you for being on the show. I appreciate you being here, man. I appreciate your time. 
Yeah, excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, me too. Uh, we were talking a little bit offline there, and, and I was telling you that anytime I can get someone like yourself on the show who's an expert in driving leads, motivated seller leads to my listeners or or talk about that that part of the business, it's always a hit because... I've been in this since 08. And when in 08, people were saying, I need more leads. I can't get enough leads or I can't get cheap enough leads or whatever it is. And fast forward now to 2022, I'm hearing the exact same thing. And I heard it every year in between, right? So people always are looking because I tell people as someone who coaches and mentors, you know, I've had people say, oh, I got plenty of leads. And I'll go, cool. What's your ROI? Like, how, how much is it costing you to get a lead? And we'll start talking about it. And I'll go, yeah, you're getting plenty of leads, but you're paying a lot for the, like, these are really expensive leads. Your ROI is not that great. So while you don't need more leads, you need cheaper leads, you need better leads. And so usually when it comes to leads and money, regardless of how many you have, you can usually use more and cheaper of it, right? Money and leads. So I, I love I love this conversation that we're going to dive into. And that's getting a little of the cart before the horse. Let's talk about you and how did you get into this space? How Why are you in that in the real estate space and what's your background look like? Yeah, great question. So I am, uh, I'm a marketer first. I think that's kind of weird. You know, it seems like most people that are working in this space in some way or another, they're a real estate investor. They found they had a problem. They solved that problem. Yeah. Now they're solving that problem for other people. Yeah. Um, I'm uh, I'm not that guy. I started in digital marketing. I, I've always kind of had a passion for that. And I uh, I made a partnership with a company that was uh, that was doing this thing called wholesaling real estate that I had never heard of before. I was super confused. Most of the clients I'd worked with, they wanted to sell things. This client wanted to buy things. And I thought that was weird. Yeah. Uh, but I said, yeah, I could probably do that. Um, so we uh, so we started working together um, in 2017. And then they basically went from like hardly breaking even on digital marketing to doing over a million like gross profits nice. um, over the period of a few years from digital marketing specifically. And wow. you know, their business as a whole was doing more than more than three million from various channels, but consistently their highest return on investment, largest single lead gen source, largest deal size, lowest number of leads to a deal, ROI, literally everything was the best in digital marketing. And they came to love that marketing channel. Yeah. You know, it's funny direct mail, and I know we're not talking about direct mail, but direct mail still works. And it always boggles my mind that something so archaic can still get leads. However, my contention is and has been for a number of years that as people get older and younger generations are becoming the older generation, I think more and more, it's going to go to more and more online. Like there's going to be more and more people like my, I'm not old enough, hopefully, to be considered that old generation that's like, you know, selling their house and whatever they're in retirement. But as people close to my age start going up there, it's more and more we're used to going online to finding solutions where like my mom is not used to go. My mom never goes online to find solutions ever. So if you don't send her a mail piece, you, you don't exist to her, right? But that generation, sadly, is not going to be around forever. And so I think pretty soon everyone's going to go online to find solutions like sell how to sell their house fast right so uh i just think it's it's only going to become more and more relevant and i like the fact that you're a marketer first frankly sometimes i get a little nervous by people who go oh, i'm a real estate investor and i run this business and i have all these things going on and i started this digital market it's like i don't know man how how much time are you spending like how dedicated are you to that like i think you might just be doing a lot of everything and so 
I always like, you know, even when people that I mentor who say, I need to start, like, uh, I need to start investing in PPC. I need, I need some, I need Google ads. Um, I, should I just learn it or what? I'm like, no, you should not learn it. It's not, it's not good use of your time. It'll take forever. You'll probably never be great at it because you're fractured. Your, your interests are fractured. Go to somebody who that's what they do. Like that's what they know. And, and so I think that's kind of what, who you are and what you are, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. So you partnered with someone in 2017. Have you ever done real estate to that point or was this all a brand new, um, area for you? Um, brand new. Um, okay. and then we, uh, yeah, we, I, I've changed. I, I invest in real estate now, but okay. not, not actively. Uh, I, I invest passively. Okay. Um, I own a, a decent portion of a wholesale operation, but, um, not super involved in the day to day there. And yep. then I also have some, uh, you know, I have some, uh, like passive investments I make in multifamily and things like okay. that. So, so I, I like get the real estate game, you know, I'm part of a whole bunch of their masterminds. Yeah. We have a whole bunch of clients I talk to all the time. Um, but I'm not, uh, you know, I, I spend my time where my skills are, which is definitely on the lead gen side. Um, and, and basically what happened is that that one company that we started doing work for, um, they happen to own a coaching platform. You may have heard of them wholesaling Inc. Okay. Um, so this was Cody Hoffine's company in Utah. If you know anything about wholesaling yep. Inc, there were the two co-founders, Tom Crow and Cody Hoffine. Yep. Um, I don't think either of them are involved with the company anymore, but you know, back in the day, that's what it was. Um, and, uh, and it was a pretty, uh, as for like coaching around wholesaling, it was one of the, one of the biggest, um, and they started sending me all these students that they had. Um, and, I made like almost no effort to to grow a business in this real estate world. <laughs> um, but at some point I looked at my business and I was like, huh, half my clients are in real estate. Yeah. Half of them aren't. This half that are in real estate, I really like them and they get really great results. And this other half are kind of annoying to deal with, honestly. Yeah. And that's when I realized that that we had something great in this industry. Um, and I'm 100% with you and the, the idea of like, uh, like you mentioned two things I think are interesting. One, it's all, it's only getting bigger. Um, I actually did a study recently. I took all of our, because you can actually measure this. You know, this isn't just some like, sure. doo-doo, like the internet's going to get bigger kind of thing. Yeah. Um, we, we measure like the, the things that uh, people search when looking for a, to, to sell their house that imply that they would have motivation. Yeah. We took an aggregate of all those things and we measured how many people are searching on those in Google year after year. And believe it or not, now compared to 2018, there's about three times as many people searching for that wow. group of keywords. It's literally like tripling over that time period of just a few years. Uh, so it's uh, it's definitely happening. Um, I know your mom can only be reached by mail. I can tell you my mom spends all day on Facebook. So there's a... Uh, <laughs> You're younger than I am, but yeah, I hear you. Yes. I hear you. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, yeah, that, that's basically what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah my, my mom is the, sure. the, new, the new old people, yep. right? They're, yeah, they're yeah. kind of graduating into that group. Yeah, um, totally. So, so yeah. I, uh, I think that that's, uh, that's definitely a, uh, now a when you say three times more people are searching for how to sell their house, for example, keywords that indicate they're motivated, what platform are we talking about? I mean, where, where are there three times Google. more people specifically? Okay. Google. Okay. Got it. And now is Google, you know, if I said to you, Brandon, I've got a million dollars spent on marketing. My goal is to grow as fast as possible. I need results. I can't be speculative at all in this whole thing. I want you to pick a platform and we're going to go all in times 10 on that platform. Would it be Google or would it be something else? Facebook, TikTok, something else, Instagram. Where would you want to put that money if I made you pick one? Um, it would be Google okay. um, because Google's a volume play. 
yeah. um, there's, there's volume on Google. And, and to be fair, we do like, we, we put the stuff we do for clients into to three main categories. There's like uh, the paid search, mm-hmm. which is like your standard PPC on like Google, sometimes Microsoft, stuff like that. There's some smaller search engines like Bing and Yahoo and AOL, yep. et cetera. Um, and then there's a organic search, which is still like those search engines, but it's not the paid side of them. It's the organic side, where instead of paying the search engine to be on the top, you're convincing them that you're relevant enough that they should just show you as a result anyways, Um, which is is also a great place. And then there's paid social, um, which is like your Facebook ads, TikTok, Instagram, et cetera. To be fair, we don't really use TikTok, um, at least yet. Not a lot of motivated sellers hanging around there. Okay. As of now, but you know, there's uh, you know, in the future that could change. Facebook in, in the paid social world, Facebook's definitely the staple. Gotcha. Um, and then Instagram, kind of secondarily, and then um, not not as much going on in the other channels in this industry yet. Okay. Um, but the reason I say Google paid is because it's the most scalable from a budget standpoint. You have you said you have a million dollars that you want to spend on marketing. If you try to spend that million dollars on Facebook, you're going to push yourself into a ridiculous diminishing return. Um, yeah. And, but at the same time, Facebook with small budgets can be pretty good is my experience. Okay. Um, and then Google organic can be good. Like on average, it's a, the organic side of Google has a three to four times higher return on investment than the paid side for our clients. Yeah. But it's a long-term game yeah. um, versus the paid side can be a little bit more short term. Um, so I think, uh, I think both of those are good investments, but the reality is you can spend a million dollars a month on pay-per-click on Google, if you want to, yeah. If you tried to spend that much on SEO, you, you just you just wouldn't. There, yeah. there is no uh, yeah. like it would be a waste of money. You'd just be spending your wheels. So totally. I guess my point is like SEO has a good return, but it's not as big of a spend for okay. a marketing channel. What should people know uh, if they're listening to this or or they've been considering it? And now I'm talking to you, so they're thinking about it again. They want to get into paid search. Um, what kind of a budget, if any, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is there a, a sort of a budget that they should be willing to to spend like minimally? You're not going to go into Google AdWords with, you know, $25 a month or $100 a month. Like where where do you usually tell people? And I know it might be market specific too, or maybe different states and different areas. But in general, is there a rule of thumb? Like what what can they expect to spend for a budget? And maybe for even for the for the for the management side of it. Yeah, yeah, good, good question. So, um, I'm going to give you an answer that's more complicated than you're hoping for. I apologize. Good. No, that's all right. That's okay. It's, it's I mean, I, if you were to say it depends and then move on, that would be rough. So, I'm glad. I'll take complicated. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Okay. So, so I think there's a few factors that would push someone's budget higher or lower. Um, one, if you're like in a super small market, you just can't spend that much. Um, so, so that's where like we we consider it a micro market if you're above 200,000 people okay. and below 500,000. Above 500,000, you're a little bit more normal. Below 200,000, you know, that's a little tough. Right. Um, so then you could spend some, but it's, it's just going to be really small. Um, but let's just say we set that aside and we look at like, what can you do in like a normal market? Yep. Um, I would say that there's a few different factors. Number one is sustainability. You want to make sure that whatever budget you're spending, you can afford to spend that consistently for a period of time. Um, a kind of blanket recommendation would be six months. Okay. Six months is, is a sufficient amount of time to where you have a little bit of ramp up the ads, you can kind of see what's happening, yep. et cetera. Um, the reality after that is sometimes people have this idea of like, if I don't pay enough, then I'm just not going to get any good leads or something. That's not exactly true. Um, it, it's all, it, it's actually not true at all. Um, 
Like you can, pay-per-click can work with any budget. What you want to think about though is execution can be tough. Like for example, let's just say I have like this killer person I could hire to lead my acquisitions department. Mm -hmm. If I have one lead manager, then that person is not going to work for me, even though they could be great. They're going to be most well leveraged in a larger team of people where their talents can go further. And that's kind of how it is working with agencies. Like if you have a really small budget, then you might pay the agency a lot of money to manage a really small amount of money. And then your small amount of money has to work miracles for it to cover, you know, also the agency fee. You'd want your agency fee to be small in comparison to your ad spend. So that's where our clients are starting out at like three grand, like all in agency fees and management. I'm sorry, agency fees and ad spend. Yeah. Um, uh, more common place to start. I'd say like it, it's pretty common to start with us anywhere from like three on the very low end up to uh, maybe 20 grand on the high end with the median probably being like uh, six or seven. Okay. Got it. So uh, as like a, as like a start, um, but you could find an agency that's cheaper where you can push that lower. Um, it's always like that trade-off of like, do you want the great talent? Because the great talent's going to take a bigger budget. Yeah. Um, but also that great talent with a small budget, even though it's the same service, it's less valuable to you because there's yeah. less leverage because there's less spend. Fair enough. What is a range? And I'm not necessarily digging or fishing for your cost, but what? Just so people know, like what is what would you consider to be a very inexpensive agency, and what would you consider to be like you probably shouldn't be paying more than this under any circumstance? So it of course depends on the service mix. Mm-hmm. Let's just simplify it. Let's just say you're doing PPC. Sure. Only. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like cheap agencies are like five hundred bucks a month, maybe for management, okay. um, and worth probably negative money <laughs> yeah. in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you know the, the most expensive marketing is marketing that doesn't work. Right? Yes, hundred percent. I'd rather spend ten grand really well than waste five hundred dollars. Yep. Even though it's five hundred dollars. Yep. So. Anyways, that's uh, that's kind of like I mean, extremely cheap side. Yeah. Um, I'd say in this industry, a lot of the agencies come in from like the thousand mark up to two, maybe a little bit higher. Okay. Like our standard rate for PPC management is two. Okay. Um, two grand per month as like a floor, and then we have clients that pay like ten or fifteen thousand, but it's because they have a larger ad spend. Yeah. You know, it's like if you're spending a hundred thousand, that's different than if yeah. you're spending. Correct. Yeah, that makes 3, that makes that makes perfect sense. You know, something yeah. I've always wondered from, and I, it's interesting to ask from your side of of the table or your side of the of the you know that interaction between the sellers and and the people you're that are paying you to do this. It seems to me that you could do a fantastic job. Your agency could do a fantastic job driving leads, but your clients come to you and saying, "We're not getting any deals." Right, because there's a huge chasm between the lead hitting their doorstep and the deal getting signed. Right, there's a lot of personnel that that they have control over that you don't have any control over. And so, how often do you see people where you kind of audit what's going on and you go, "We're we're driving good leads to you guys, but there's something's happening on the phone call, or on the incoming lead, or on your acquisition, like." There's a lot of, it's almost like in the, in the, in, in sports, like, like a receiver, a wide receiver is a dependent position. It depends on a quarterback throwing them the ball, right? You have a, you, the outcome of your client is a little dependent on them. It's, you know, and so I've, the reason I'm asking this is I had a, a coaching student of mine say, my, my marketing is not working. And I was like, oh, okay, well, let's, let's talk about it. Right. And so we started like auditing what's happening. And I was like, 
your marketing is outperforming mine. Like you're doing great. Your marketing is 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 off the charts. You have a problem with sales. Like you have a sales problem. And he was blaming marketing, but it was sales. So how often do you in, encounter that that scenario? Um, well, pretty often, but less and less often with time. Okay. <laughs> it helps. Um, because we've uh yeah, we, we put a lot of focus on it. One thing that we do that other agencies don't is we have like courses for our clients teaching them about these things when they start okay. working with us. And they've originated from that problem. Like we've, we've learned that sometimes people start with us and, and they have those issues. And the really tough thing is the person who has those issues probably doesn't know they have those issues. Like yeah. That's my experience. It's like our clients that are really good with that stuff. They're like, please tell me where I could be better. I'm not sure how good we're doing with these different things. And our clients that are horrible with those things, they come into it thinking like, it's definitely not me. Yeah. yeah. I'm not the problem here. And then those are always the ones where they're the problem. Yeah. So it's, uh, I think it's, it's an attitude thing. Uh, okay. Like when you, there, there's a couple of things around it. It's like when you hire an expert, trust the expert. Yeah. Like you just have to, you have to like, let them guide you through the thing because the reality is like the people on my team who do this, they've done this hundreds of times and hundreds of markets. And the people we're working with usually have done this, you know, at most like three or four times and at least never. Yeah. So you have to, you have to get, you, you have to trust the process. And then the other thing is um, I'd be more than happy to share like some of the principles that our clients that do really well are, are doing. We love it. Another yeah. thing that we do that, that no other agencies do is we actually track things closed loop with our clients. A lot for a lot of companies, it's like PPC generated these leads. And then the company knows these leads generated these deals. Yeah. But what nobody knows is like that specific PPC activity generated that lead, which generated the deal. They don't tie the loop, close loop. Because the right. reality is we're doing hundreds of different things than any given PPC campaign. The reality is even PPC campaigns that don't work, usually there's something in it that does work and other things that don't work. And part of the art of making this work is figuring out what's working, what's not. Yeah. Um, and where investors go wrong, they just think of PPC overall. So that's why we track things closed loop. But a side effect of that is that we learn which of our clients are closing leads really well and which of our clients aren't. And what we do is we interview not just the entrepreneur, but the team, the acquisitions people mm -hmm. of our clients that have a really high close rate in the top 10%. And then we also interview our clients that are in the bottom 50%. And we look for things that all those people do that are in the top 10% that none of those people do that are in the bottom 50%. Wow. If so you could share some of those, that'd be fantastic. Years. What are some of those uh, winning traits? I'm just building it up. I'm not going to actually get to the <laughs> You got to buy the, the book. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. It's just, just $19.99. Exactly. It's for sale on the website. Um, no, there, there's three three core things. Okay. So number one, you probably heard this because it, it does circulate quite a bit. Um, it's the concept of urgency. Um, when you get leads, urgency is key. This means you have to get to the leads as quickly as possible. And our gold standard is less than 60 seconds between when that lead comes in and when an outbound phone call goes to that person. Okay. Uh, and this is, uh, it's huge. Um, because in pay-per-click, the thing is, if someone searches one of those keywords, Google literally greets them with like 64 billion results that are relevant to them or whatever they greet them <laughs> yeah. with, you know, some, some massive number. Yeah. And there's all your competitors just sitting on that page and their phone numbers. And they're just, yeah. you know, they, Google just hands them a list on a silver Twitter. And, you know, people are dumb. They tend to call multiple companies. Yeah. Um, if you are quick, then you have a greater likelihood of getting the deal. Um, it's not about the patience of the seller. It's not that that seller can't wait 20 minutes to talk to you. It's that in two minutes, it's possible that they're already going to be in touch with your competitor who they reached out to before they got to you. Right. And that person is going to whisper sweet nothings into their ear through the phone and make them think that you don't matter. 
yeah. and they're going to win the deal. And you're going to say that lead is it's not responsive. It's not a good lead. Yeah. You don't seem that motivated, but people lose motivation when they find a solution. Yep. And if they already found a solution somewhere else, they don't care about you anymore. Well, let me a ask you this. You let me ask that. you this. You said yeah. 60 seconds. I, I, I don't disagree with the urgency, but do you tell people that it's far and away better to answer the phone when it calls, as opposed to calling back within 60 seconds, like actually live answer those things? Good question. So with PPC, like probably the most dominant way to receive the leads is actually through a form submission online. Yeah. Yep. So this is, uh, now our clients, it's probably like uh, 20% of leads are through a phone call because there is a phone number on the website yep. and 80% are through form submissions. Okay. So I would say like, absolutely. If they, if they call you definitely answer the phone, yeah. right? That's one way to lose the business. <laughs> Don't answer the phone. Yeah. Um, the days of like, let it go to voicemail and see if it seems qualified or like, yeah, you know, leads are too valuable these days. Yeah, right. That worked when sellers were everywhere and leads weren't worth that much. But yeah, you know, when a PPC lead, if you're doing it well, you have a ten percent chance of closing that lead, and then that deal is going to be worth whatever it is in your market, sure. maybe twenty or thirty thousand dollars. That lead, every time that phone rings, that's worth two or three thousand dollars. Yep. If you can work it, well. like yep. you have to, you have to see it that way. Um. So, so yeah, definitely answer it when it comes, and then if, like if it, if it comes to a form submission, reach out. Um, we also provide a software to our clients where we will make it so even those form submissions, we can turn them into inbound phone calls. So it's a system where, for example, it calls you. And then when you answer the phone, then a robot says like, press one to dial the seller. And then the dialer dials them. Gotcha. So you can turn all leads into inbound phone calls. So all you have to do is just answer your phone. Is that your software, like proprietary, or is it something that is just commercial? No, it's something commercial that we, oh, okay. Just, okay. Uh, so we just use for our clients. And we'll just set it up in our account gotcha. for you. Gotcha. Um, okay. But, yeah. Urgency is number one. What's number two? Yep. Number two is assuming motivation. And we, there's a, there's like a, a distinct cultural differences between the teams we talk to that do really well and the teams that don't. It's like, uh, picture that guy that's in, um, you know, goes to Vegas and loses all his money because he's just thinking like, oh, this next time that's going to be it. It's going to be the big one. Yeah. That's how the acquisitions managers are for our clients that are best. They're like delusionally optimistic about mm. every lead that comes in. They think gotcha. that's going to be the one. Gotcha. Uh, and the reality is 90% of the time, it's not the one. But if you just look at it logically and you say there's a 90% chance that this lead isn't the one, when it is that 10% chance and it is the one, you're going to miss it. Yeah. Because you didn't assume it was there. Yeah. Um, this is especially prevalent with teams that have a lot of outbound, like where they do a lot of cold call texts. It's really easy for acquisitions people to disqualify leads. Yeah. Uh, so what we look for, like some more numbers in this industry, it's pretty normal. Let's just say it's a cold call lead. It's pretty normal if you qualify it based on one pillar of motivation. If you're familiar with that methodology, meaning you know they have uh, some type of urgency or the poor condition home or a driver or whatever the case is. Right. Um, if you qualify based on one pillar of motivation and then you go on the appointment, on average, it's going to be roughly 20 to 25% of those appointments are going to close. Yep. So four to five appointments for one deal. If with a PPC lead, if you do the same, you're going to be like 40 or 50% for going to close. And if you qualify just based on the person having a house to sell and being willing to have an appointment, yeah. not saying like, oh, they it sounds like they want too high yeah. the price for their home or you know they don't seem that motivated or something like that. If you just assume that they're motivated all the time and go on the appointment, you'll hit the same appointment to deal ratios that you do with other channels because there's that added component. Think of it. It's already a pillar of motivation that this person reached out to you. Sure. So it's uh it's just a different, it's a different kind of lead. And we find that a lot of our clients that aren't doing as well with lead conversion, they're just not having appointments on leads that 
they are disqualifying because they feel like it's not worth their time because they're yeah. used to channels where you're getting like several leads a day and you're reading through them and stuff. Yeah. Whereas PPC is one where it's like a slow drip of leads. And unless you assume that every lead is golden, you'll miss the one that actually is. Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally does. And I think that to kind of just, yes, and this this conversation is you know, having done this as long as I've done it, and I'm sure you've seen this a ton as well, as long as you've been in the industry, is people's motivation or their willingness to discuss or potentially sell you their house is much higher on an appointment in person than it is over the phone sometimes. I've had plenty of sellers who are sound sort of not motivated or mildly motivated, nothing exciting. And you get to their house and you talk to them for five minutes and realize, oh, they have to sell. Like, they're beyond motivated. They're ultra motivated. And it just didn't, you know, everyone's, you know, um, cards close to the vest on the phone. They're a little bit, you know, suspicious and it's a phone call. I don't know who you are. I don't know if you're real, but once you show up or once you're in person or you got face-to-face contact, a lot of times those barriers are broken down and you'll find out very quickly. They're very motivated. So definitely don't be quick to disqualify people. If they're, if like you said, the first qualifier is they called. <laughs> That's number one, right? How many people just don't even pick up a phone? And the second thing is they made an appointment and held it. <laughs> like that's huge, right? There, is, I've had people who I know are motivated and they cancel the appointment because they're just perpetually making bad decisions in their life, and they don't, you know, they don't hold the appointment. And you find out, you know, six months later they lost a house to, you know, foreclosure or tax, you know, whatever. So. Yeah, it, that is absolutely 100%. Couldn't agree with you more on that. So assume motivation is number two. What is number three? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so number three is about first impressions. Uh, here's the simple statistic that this drives from. Um, it's that our clients that have a lead manager fielding new leads have statistically a worse lead conversion rate than those that have an acquisitions manager who fields leads. And mm-hmm. I think it's, it's sort of interesting because if you look at some channels like um, direct mail where most calls are just taking off your list or, yep. or cold call where it's like kind of junk and you got to sift through it. Lead managers are a really good skill um, or, or a good person to have. But like think about cold call, for example, that person's already gotten as far as they did by talking to unskilled people on the phone. Yeah. Right. So it's like yeah. they're pre-qualified to not have a problem yeah. with working with a lead manager. Take <laughs> um, a PPC lead. These are among the more savvy people. They do have a lot of options. They are going to make a decision quickly. Yeah. Who they talk to matters a lot. Uh, yep. There's a, uh, a way that I like to think about this. And it's that a lot of times when we're looking at our business, we say, like, when an acquisitions manager gets a contract, we say, like, okay, good job. You got the contract. Uh, but what we don't realize is that's kind of the lagging indicator yeah. of what happened in the beginning. Because yep. the contract, you get the contract when they sign but you win the contract when you first talk to the seller. Yep. That's when you establish the trust. Think like you seem like a logical guy. I'm, I'm sure like you've talked to plenty of people, look at different services and things like that. And when you talk to them, the reality is even the most logical people, I'm extremely logical. I have a bias. Like I'm, I'm like interviewing three companies to try to hire them for something. And I know in my brain, like which one I want to hire. Yeah. And the rest of what I do just goes to try to prove that that's the right person. Logically. But <laughs> the reality is, you make that decision quickly and emotionally. Um, think about it this way too. When that lead comes in, like let's just say you're, you have to imagine all your competitors are going to talk to this person. You have to think like, who's yep. the guy that would put you out of business? And what would they say like yeah. when they talk to that seller? Yep. What would they say to, to make them think that like no, no other uh, 
no, you know, no other investor in the world matters and they got them taken care of. Yeah, because I can, uh, you know, if you have the right conversation, if I'm a seller, I went to the internet to search because I had a pain, yeah. because I had a problem. Yep. If you make me feel like my problem's solved, my problem feels solved when I see a clear path to it solving. Yep. If you can make me feel that way, I don't need to talk to anybody else. But if you just set an appointment to solve my problem later and ask me four questions about my motivation or something like that, then the reality is I still have the pain. Yeah. And as long as I have the pain, I will look. Is that going to make sense? Yeah, it does. So tell me then that leads to a bigger question because you know, uh, traditionally or, you know, standard operating procedure in our industry is you have a lead manager or to just be clear with what we're saying about it. And correct me if I'm, if I'm misinterpreting what you're saying, but typically in our industry, when we talk about a lead manager, it sounds super highfalutin. It's the person who answers the phone, right? Or you could say phone person, right? The person who takes those inbound calls, what do you suggest? Do you suggesting that people have their acquisition managers manning the phones and answering those calls when they come in? Or what is the solution here? What's best practice? Best practice would be that acquisitions people are, you know, for the most part, receiving the form submissions when calling, but they're also manning the phones when phone calls come in. Um, and I, I'm not against lead managers. I just think the reality of what we're doing within this industry is that over time, there's less leads and those leads are more valuable. Yeah. And I believe. Like you, you could, you could sort every activity you do in your business into like, you know, how many dollars an hour is that worth? Mm -hmm. Right. The, the reality is there's few, few jobs in the, the wholesaling business that are more valuable or a higher dollar per hour activity than the very first phone call to an inbound PPC lead. Yep. And it drives me crazy that some people pay their janitor. They literally pay their janitor more money than they do the person making that call, yeah. which is potentially the highest value interaction in the entire business. Yep. So that's where I think like leads... Uh, you said before that like there's this kind of uh, there's this kind of like butting of heads between marketing and sales. Sales says that the leads aren't qualified, and marketing says that they are. Yeah. The reality is the leads are hot, and then they cool down. Mm -hmm. And both are right, right? But <laughs> hot leads come in, and by the time sales gets to them, they're cold. Yeah. Uh, and that's why you need the person to get on the phone when that lead is most hot. Uh, and I think it's absolutely worth the time and money. And if you can't do it, I think it's worth hiring more acquisitions people to be able to do that because totally. you need someone who's willing to spend their time on that. But where I think things cool down is like, let's just say I'm an acquisitions person. We came in, I called them 10 times. They haven't answered. A lot of our clients that are doing the best, that's when they kick it off to a lead manager. Mm. You don't keep it in the acquisitions manager's bucket forever. Right. It's like they, they say an acquisitions person can, for example, like handle 30 leads at a time, 30 opportunities. Every time a new lead comes in, it comes into that bucket. And then the acquisitions person, like as soon as like they call them a bunch of times and the lead is cooled off, they're not answering, they kick them out of their bucket and they just make sure their bucket doesn't get too big. But yeah. they let fresh stuff that's hottest come into that bucket and they kick it out when it's cold instead of having hot stuff going into someone else's bucket and then being kicked off to them when it's a little bit cooler. Yeah, that makes sense because most, well, all the good acquisition managers or, or salespeople that I've met in this, in any, any industry, honestly, they are, you know, they're lions. They're, they want to eat. They want to hunt. They want to feel like they're on the hunt. They want to feel like they're, they're doing something that has a high probability of success. And if they're working cold leads, there's nothing that will demoralize a really good acquisitions person than working a bunch of cold dead leads, right? They want to be out there and just like knocking down contracts because, 
most acquisitions people are wired to be competitive and they're wired to want to win. So it's just, you know, it, it can be demoralizing, but I get your point. Um, you know, my thing has, and, and the, where we struggle sometimes with having acquisitions, handling those inbound stuff is we want them to be on appointments, right? We want to be signing contracts. And if they're in an appointment, they can't answer the phone, obviously. So, um, but I think your your point's valid, right? You want those hot, you want the best foot forward because, I, and I made the mistake, it, it, it rings so true to me when I really started ramping up my business. I was in business for about six years as a flipper, um, buying off the MLS. You know, it was easy when I started. There were so many leads and so many sellers. It was ridiculous. But when I went to direct mail, um, I when I started hiring lead managers, I really had the mindset Anybody with a pulse, you know, and who could steam up a mirror was fine. Just answer the phone and get an appointment. Like, what's the big deal? And it took me some time to realize that's that's your ambassador. That's literally your representative. And if they're not good, you could have the most, you know, Michael Jordan, LeBron James sales guy in the world, like the world's best. But if the lead never gets to him or her, then it's just sort of doesn't make a difference, right? And so that person who is the face in the front line on your company, no matter who it is, you better you better be darn sure that they're going to represent well and they're going to make that person feel like their problem is solved and they're being heard and there's a solution and they you guys have it like however you handle that situation but it can't be somebody who's not you know up to the task so i love that man i i love it so anything else from your side that you want to tell people in terms of just motivated sellers working with paid ads, you know, try or even SEO for that matter. Like any, any closing thoughts here? Cause clearly you've been doing this a long time. You've got tons of knowledge. You're an expert in the industry. There's no doubt about it. I'm, it's clear to me. I've been in this long enough to recognize when someone's trying to sound like they know something, but don't. And you clearly are not that, you know what you're talking about. You're very, very educated and very, uh, you have a depth of knowledge, but what, what, what do you want to leave people with? Any, Anything that you want to leave them with in this? Yeah, that's a. I, I think I've, I've said my piece. Okay. <laughs> so um, in, in general, yeah. I think okay. Good. Uh, well, how can people find you points. if they want to find you? Because, like I said, there's. It's never happened in the history of my real estate world since 08, which is when I started. That people said I'm all set on motivated seller leads. I don't need to find any better ones. Like, how can they get a hold of you if they want to really up their game? Yeah, so so our website is batemancollective.com. I'm sure you could put that in the show notes or something yeah, like for that. For sure will. Uh, yeah. That's where that's where people can reach out and talk to someone on my team if they're interested and in, and in potentially working with us. Um, and there's a few different uh, there's a few different paths there. Number one, if you like want to to do what's called a discovery call, we can we can do strategy with you and kind of figure out because there's a lot of different channels, there's a lot of different budgets, all this stuff. I give some generic information here. But the reality is we can make like actual recommendations. Okay. We know about someone's situation because it's hard to, it's hard to recommend anything without knowing. Yep. Um, and then number two, um, and a lot of people take us up on this. If you're either running campaigns currently or you ever have run campaigns that you consider to be a failure or maybe they are working, but you feel like they could be better, whatever the case is, you can have the experts on our team take a look at those campaigns. Okay. Um, and we can tell you what's up. Like I've had people come to me where I'm like, this is a well-run campaign and your sales team is failing. And other people come to us and it's like, I can't believe you left this running so long. <laughs> it's a mess. Right. Because yeah. the reality is like, if you talk to an expert that truly understands how all the different pieces work, they can diagnose a problem. Yeah. Um, and where a lot of people I think screw up is you have a failed marketing initiative and you don't learn anything from it. 
Marketing always has one of two purposes, right? Generate results, or you learn something about how you can generate results better tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't get either of those, then you're just really out of luck. So <laughs> I'd say definitely take us up on a free analysis of those campaigns, and we'll let yeah. you know in a super straightforward way where we think the problem is. Um, and that tells you basically, like if the problem's on your side, fix that first before you try again. Yeah. If the problem's on the marketing side, then we can help you with that. Got it. I love it, man. Listen, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm sure you're a very busy guy. You've got a lot of clients, but I appreciate you coming on here and sharing some knowledge with us. And uh, I know you're you're helping people and hopefully you'll help to some of the listeners out there that need help either getting started or course correcting, right? They need to learn what they've done, been doing wrong so they can fix it going forward. Uh, Brandon, thanks for your time, man. I appreciate it. Oh, that was great. I like talking to Brandon. Love talking about how to get sell motivated sellers. And I love that he's a, a digital marketing guy. Like he's online paid ads, SEO. He's he's online guy, but he also recognizes and helps people with the process side, making sure that when those leads come in, they're handling them properly and keeping track of what the high performers in his uh, client base are doing. That's so valuable. And uh, he goes in and takes a look at your at your uh, whole business uh, for free in terms of auditing what you're already doing online and to see if they can help you in any way. And I think that's just awesome. So go check him out and get more information there. We have all of the links in the show notes. You can find them there. Guys, get out there and make it happen. There are motivated sellers in every market, including this one. Go find them, buy their house, help them out, grow your business. It's as simple as that. All right, we'll see you next time.